0: Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer our listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. All right, our guest today is New York-based interior designer, Mikkel Welch, of Mikkel Welch Designs. In addition to running his full-service design firm, he's a TV show host, appearing on your favorite shows like Good Morning America, Trading Spaces, The Real Housewives, and HGTV's Design Star. In 2020, he was named one of House Beautiful's Next Wave Designers, and his work has been featured in Architectural Digest, House Beautiful, Traditional Home, Elle Decor, and more. Welcome to the show, Mikkel, we're so thrilled to have you. Well, thank you, the
1: way you rattled off things it, it makes me feel good about myself like I've done something with
0: my life good <laughs> yeah. you
2: should yeah that's all the time we have so thank
0: you so much it took us too long to do all your credits <laughs> You have a, a very interesting background, and I was wondering if you could give Ooh. everyone a little primer in terms of how you got into design via set design. You went to school here in Atlanta, where yes. we are all based, our hometown. So, yeah, just kind of give everybody a little a brief synopsis, and then we'll sure. jump into the design work.
1: Sure. So, I have a I like to use the word colorful. Uh, I have a colorful journey in the world <laughs> of design. <laughs> I did graduate from Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, degree in marketing, and it was one of those things where, like, after, like I went to college because I felt like that's what you're quote unquote supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And after, I'm like, okay, I have this bachelor's degree in marketing. It's like, well, what am I gonna do with this? Like, I can't sit in an office, and like, I just, it's, it's just, I can't do it. And so, my mom told me, you should find your passion. And she said, you'll know what it is because it will be something that you'd be willing to do for free. Well, at 21, you don't want to do anything for free. You just want to like pay your student <laughs> loans off. But I said, you know what? I like clothes. I'm going to go work at Bloomingdale's. It had just opened at a uh, Perimeter Mall in Atlanta. And uh, while I was working there, I learned I hated selling clothes, but I was on a lunch break and I remember specifically, it was like a scene out of a movie. I looked up at the clock and I had spent 40 of my 45 minute break in a furniture store. And I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta get back. And in that moment, it was like a montage in my head of like thinking of all of these design magazines I had stacked up in the living room. I had accessories in the closet, but no clients. And so that was when I kind of had that epiphany. And so um, I ended up getting a job as a design assistant for a designer in Atlanta. And I just worked closely with him for a year. And you know what I learned in that year? I learned that I think, or well, at least at that point, I thought I had the chops <laughs> to design. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to step out on my own. And I went on Craigslist and I posted that I would design one free room as long as people paid for the furniture. And what would happen is you design that one room and then they asked you to do others. And before you knew it, you have a portfolio. So that it was. So worked,
0: smart. <laughs> it will. <laughs> It's so bold. Yeah. yeah <laughs> bold. It is bold. So, Kretzik's bold, but yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so from there, you know, it was honestly taking another Craigslist leap. I swear I'm going to write a book called Craigslist. Um, <laughs> I ended up posting the same post in New York, L.A., Miami. And I said, wherever I get the most hits, I'm moving there next month. And, of course, you post something for free in New York, and, like, in 10 minutes you have 500 emails. So I ended up moving to New York Thought I was gonna be Carrie Bradshaw sex in the city, live in this penthouse.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't we all?
1: No, no, no. Had to go work at the container store Um, and (laughs) and unload boxes from 8 p.m. until 2 o'clock in the morning. But there, I met my mentor who also worked there part time, and she introduced me to the world of show houses. And so I got to assist her. And, you know, I went from these little $5,000 Craigslist rooms to now, like, we'd pay $5,000 for like a little waste receptacle. Like it was just mm-hmm. hand painted and I am like, oh my gosh, it's a different world. So mm-hmm. from there I ended up just working odd jobs um, just to try to stay afloat because, you know, I'm still trying to build a portfolio. And I ended up going to CB2 Furniture. And while I was there, there was a guy who came in shopping, grabbing pillows, vases, and he has like eight assistants. And I'm like, whoa. Sorry, this guy. Right. I'm like, what do you do and help me so I can get from the other side of this cash register? And he says, I'm a set decorator on Dexter and we're shooting one episode in New York. And he said, I can't give you a job now, but if you come to L.A., I'll give you a job in set design. So, you know what I did? (laughs) <laughs> I marched down to my manager's office and I said, you got to transfer me to the L.A. store. And she said, you're crazy, but I'll do it because I like you." So she transfers me to the L.A. store. Of course, that man never picked up the phone, but I made it a goal while I was there. I said, anyone who comes into the store with a portfolio or looks like they're shopping for someone other than themselves, I would stop and ask if I could just apprentice them don't want to get paid, just teach me what you do and I'll like, I can figure it out. And in that first week, I got a job with Teen Vogue magazine doing pop-up shops and uh, the designer Orlando Soria, he came in and he was working for Emily Henderson on her uh, Secrets of a Stylist season one. And so that was my first real job in set design, was working with Emily Henderson, I was really like her run around person. Like I was driving the U-Haul van and like (laughs) going to her storage unit and picking up, you know, her accessories. But I was with her for a very short stint, maybe like two months. And I ended up applying for a job on the Style Network as an art director, because I'm crazy. I'm like, okay, I've worked two months in TV. I got this. Now, <laughs> like, I need to get paid at this point. <laughs> I ended up flying back from LA to New York, got the job, didn't have a choice but to get the job because all I had was my suitcase. And I'm like, I'm getting this job. And so I got the job and I was a set decorator on a show called Jersey Uh hilarious <laughs> little show. And <laughs> While I was on the show at the end of the season, co-worker says to me, hey, I saw something on Craigslist. This is why I'm going to write a book called Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) He said, there's a show called Design Star. They're looking for new talent. And I'm like, I know that show. I've always wanted to audition. Well, I auditioned. They called me back. And then they kept calling me back. And before I knew it, they cast me on season seven. I came in fourth place on that show. And when I got finished, I called my boss at Jersey licious Hey, you've got to work again. Like The show is over. And she says, well, I have a surprise. She said, I'm going to be producing the Steve Harvey talk show, and I want you to come work with me. So a month later, I packed up and moved to Chicago <laughs> to work as a set decorator. And the funny part is Design Star was airing while work was starting. So we go to the first day of work, and we're in this big board meetings, 50 people sitting at the table, and Steve Harvey's manager stops the meeting, and he says, I know who you are. You're that guy who got sent home on HGTV last night. He said, I've been sitting here the whole time trying to figure out why I know you. And he oh says, my god! Uh, Embarrassment, like, this is the first yeah. first day of work, 50 people at the table. He says, well, come see me after the meeting. So he brings me over. He says, I want you to meet Steve Harvey because we haven't met him yet. I've only been at work an hour. And he says, um, so his makeup artist is like best friends with his wife. And he painted the walls yellow. But he doesn't have the heart to like tell the makeup artist that he doesn't like it because that's his wife's friend. So he says, well, now the cat's out of the bag, because I'm telling you, but uh this, <laughs> this is the first time anybody's ever got the room through. <laughs> so he says, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble Steve Harvey one of
0: our listeners. Oh, he's going to get a lot of trouble <laughs> this.
1: So he texts me he says, hey, I just need you to make the room look masculine and smoky, whatever your interpretation of that is, just help me out, please. So I designed his office, and a week later, he came. He went to go take Family Feud. He comes back, and he asked his whole entourage, he says, wait outside. I just want him to show me what he did in my space. Well, I walk him around the space, and then something came over me, and I looked at him, and I said, you know what? God is telling me to tell you I don't want to work for you. And it is the craziest thing I have ever said to anyone, and I really don't feel like that was me talking, but I said it. Now, after I said it, it was definitely me because I'm like, oh my God, what did I just say? And I said, you know what? Trying to clean it up, but made it worse. I said, I'm not enamored by who you are. I really feel like I'm going to be in the same position. I just haven't been given the platform. And Steve Harvey looked at me with his eyes like bulging. He says, what do you want? And I said, I really want my own TV show. I said, I want a show called Design Star Now. And it just ended. And he says, you're crazy, but I like it. And he said, because you, I won't say what he really said, but he says you're crazy. <laughs>
2: he, he said something else. But
1: uh, he, he said, uh, you have a lot of courage. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't courage. It was something else. But uh, he said, I'm going to put you on TV. And my first episode was walking around his office, giving a tour of Steve Harvey's office. And then from there, I became his in-house designer. And sorry, that story was so long, but that is honestly how the the trickle mm-hmm. of events started with me getting in set design. This
0: uh, is such an amazing
2: story. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I think anyone listening was like loving that
0: because that yeah, it, was amazing. Uh, oh, well, I just it, love how, how you're just story. so open to just taking the jump. Mm-hmm. Well, I think
1: you have to. You never know what's going to happen and how the dots are connected. So for instance, I left the Steve Harvey show and I ended up getting a call a year later from that same, from Steve Harvey's manager. And he says, hey, oh, this is a really funny story. It's actually a good Ballard story. So I get a call and Steve Harvey's manager says to me, can you, um, are you still interested in television? And I'm like, sure, I'm interested. He puts me on mute or, or hold, and then he conferences me in, and he says, hey, I've got Sheree Whitfield from the Real Housewives of Atlanta on the phone. Tell her what you do. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I ended up uh, decorating, uh, designing uh, the basement for um for Sheree Woodfield, which I partnered with uh, Ballard, with you guys, and um, you guys helped me outfit that space. Thank you, Jesus, because I could not have done it without your help. (laughs) Um, But all these years later, you know, that happened, and then now I am one of Drew's crew on the Drew Barrymore show, and my producer, or my executive producer, Jason Kurtz, is actually from the Steve Harvey show. So you never know how those dots are going to connect so I always try to stay open and I try to say yes because I don't like to live in regret I always feel like you can go back to what you had before for the most part as long as you don't burn bridges and so I'm a yes person um because I don't ever want to live with that thought of what what if
0: Mm Hmm i'm curious because i I do feel like set design is probably such a niche area of design what how you feel that informed your perspective about you know homes because it's it is different one is really more just visual and one is a, a space you're living in
1: absolutely um it's so funny how the worlds are completely different but they can merge at the same time so with set design it's a little bit different because you have a small amount of time to make a big impact And so what set design has taught me is how to focus on big statement items that are going to make a dramatic impact as soon as you walk into the room. So it's really taught me that visual art of storytelling. So that trickles over to my design aesthetic with residential clients, because when I walk into a space, I'm thinking of that massive focal point, like what is going to be my statement piece that's really going to stick out. And so the two worlds have helped me out a lot. And then one of the other things that I've really learned is how to be resourceful because as a set designer people think we have big budgets, but we really don't they really pay the talent all the money and then we get the scraps and so I'm trying to make a wing and a prayer you know like MacGyver out of basically nothing and so what that has taught me is the art of taking you know things that or embellishing things to make them look more expensive. It teaches me how to layer. And so I'm not one of those designers who only has to shop in the mark. I'm not afraid to go to a big box store because I know that I can have that same impact without spending tens and thousands of dollars.
0: So what type of things are you looking for when you're like going, either you're going higher or you're going low? Like mm-hmm. how do you go and mix the two and... And what are you looking for? What are your standout qualities?
1: Well, I think so here's my rule of thumb. Uh, One of the things I learned like in television is if you can touch it, it needs to be real. And so for instance, we use that example like with flowers, like if it's on the coffee table, it needs to be real. If it's back on a bookcase, it doesn't have to be. So I kind of take that same thought process into interior design. If it's something that people are going to have a lot of access to, those are the things that I'm typically gonna spend a little bit more money on because people are gonna touch it, they're gonna feel it. They can pick something up and they can tell whether it's resin or if it's really concrete. So those type of items I wanna spend a little bit on. If you have a bookcase and you have some shelves up at the top, honey, we can go to Target. Nobody's going to know. So I think it's mixing (laughs) that high and Mm -hmm. that low, um, Mm -hmm. and finding that balance.
0: I I love what you said about making an impact because I do feel like you can like look at your anyone that looks at your portfolio would immediately sort of pick up on that level of drama that you bring to a space, but yet if you know for anyone that that isn't familiar with your work and i encourage everyone to go follow you on instagram at the very least you work largely in neutrals so yeah, you amazing. always kind of have this neutral palette but it, it is so packed with drama so i'm curious how you bring that drama to it how you <laughs> I know, can bring that drama i love well, it. Yeah, like- you know what
1: i get asked that question so much actually that's probably the One of the most common questions everyone wants to know. Neutrals are very difficult because beige can be very boring. Mm -hmm. It can be very vanilla and nobody wants vanilla. I think for me, it's the layering and it's the texture because if not, things fall flat. So in television, it's so funny the things i have to do in television i'm never allowed to go neutral i have to use bold colors that's easier you know to tell a story with but i think the art of working with neutrals is all in the detail. It's going to be, you know, the thread counts. It's gonna be the way things are woven. It's gonna be the textures, the patina. It's gonna be those little details that you really have to pay attention to in order to make neutral work because it's not an easy thing, but I love neutrals. I'm a person who loves neutrals just because I like to change out my decor and I don't ever wanna have to be stuck with one thing. I have an appreciation for color, but for me, I just like a neutral base because I can swap it out and I can change it without having to think about it.
0: What about scale, though? Because I feel Mm -hmm. like scale is something that's so important in your portfolio. You do really big stuff or, (laughs) you know, like maybe. (laughs) No, it's true. He has the right scale for
2: the drama. Again, back to the drama is these big
0: mm, moments. Yeah.
2: Huge moments.
1: I think, and thank you, that's a huge compliment. That's a note I learned in television. And I will be very honest and say that I had a lot of mistakes. You know, in television, it's so different than interior design. And so things that you put on a stage, once that camera hits it, it looks teeny, teeny, tiny. (laughs) And so I had a few embarrassing moments where it's like, this is not sufficient. Like, what else do you have? And so that taught me in that moment working in set design, like, when you design someone's house the same thing like you need something big and impactful and so I do like to play with the scale. Like I, one of the things that I've fallen in love with now is taking oversized plants and putting them you know, like on top of a console. I like to play with scale. I like the drama. And again, because the rooms are neutral, I do need an element of drama. And so, you know, whether it's my barn doors or, you know, an elaborate um, armoire, you've got to find some pieces that just stand out. On their own they can really just like rock it out without any help and so that's what I always look for just like standout pieces
0: okay here here's my one my one like question around that because I often feel and this is like maybe with my girlfriends or just people I know people tend to go small because it's a budget issue so how do you encourage someone to like you know, they might just feel like, oh, but it's just—it's just art. Like I don't, you know, it's just something on the wall. Like it fills the space enough. Whereas, you know, for you, for the like your barn doors in your New York apartment, for example, they were this huge, massive thing that might have felt to you know a layperson, just a normal girl doing her apartment, like this is going to be way too big for the space, <laughs> you know. But that's what made it right.
1: Yes. Funny story behind that. I won't. Well. I had a, a magazine shoot and I didn't have a choice but to come up with something. What people didn't know behind my barn doors. If you haven't seen the, the Mikhail Walsh barn doors, they're all all over Instagram. Please go to Instagram and look at these barn doors. I actually sold them or actually gave them away on Craigslist uh, last night.
0: <laughs> um, Back to I Craigslist. T- I'm t-
1: I got tired of the barn. I think, honestly, it's about planning the reason designers win or we're good at what we do or hopefully we're good at what we do is because we plan it out and so before i put anything up on a wall i blue tape it i want to see the circumference the area i want to see the scale i need to see it on my own but i also do it on my computer and just so everyone listening knows i'm not a, I'm a self-taught designer. Remember, I have a marketing degree. I never went to design school. So I will use PowerPoint. I will use Canva. I'll use any type of program I can where I can layer graphics. But, but everyone has PowerPoint. Like if you have a computer, you have PowerPoint. Lay the images out, um, you know, copy or cut and paste your images and and, and make sure that the elements that you're trying to work with work on paper before you try to bring them into your house. And don't be afraid to get crazy. Like when I'm in a store, I will sit Indian style in the middle of home goods. I don't care. I will sit on the floor and I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to play with things until I make it work. because you don't know unless you try it. And that's the other thing, don't be afraid to try it. Like stick to things that are returnable. Like don't, I mean, unless you're ready for the barn doors, don't go out there and get a paddle of lumber like I did. You know, stick to things that you can return just in case, you know, it doesn't work out for the average lay person.
0: I mean, I think the blue tape thing, though, is so key to like, mm-hmm. I mean, rugs, art, like even your light fixture, Yes. tape it, like tape a sconce on the wall and say, like, is this the right height? And like walk by it every day, you know, whatever that is, mm-hmm. like every mm-hmm. everyone's got some some blue tape around the house. And yes. it really, yeah, it, it really does help. You got to see it.
1: You have to see it. I do the same thing with my clients, like when we're doing um, space plans and my, uh, my lead designer she hates it but I don't care. i'm like <laughs> i need to convince the client and so i will literally blue tape out a sectional on the floor and you know because you need to see it you need to if you're not a visual person like most most of us in the design field like we can close our eyes and we can see a room in a completely different manner but the client can't do that and Uh so you know for the average person if you can't do it you've got to tape it out or you can use like brown craft paper you know just cut craft paper out you know everyone's seen that age-old hack of you know cutting craft paper out placing it on the wall when you're doing a a art gallery just to make Mm -hmm. sure that the frames are right without putting holes in the wall the same thing It's this the exact same thing
0: i this sorry this is just a random story but i was i was trying to figure out if a um a sectional would work in my living room mm-hmm. and i you know laid it out in a, in a plan and, and in my plan i knew it would work but i just wanted to make sure you know day to day like walking by that yes. thing would work so yeah i just like moved a side table and a lamp and put it where it would go in the room and then moved like a chairs to create sort of like blocking the path yes. that i thought you know would happen and then just felt like okay can i live with this is this going to feel cramped and what, it did i mean what, i mean it it felt right just like my what plan even. told me once mm-hmm. use your amazon
1: boxes it doesn't matter yeah, like yeah, literally totally. just <laughs> plan it out
0: right and and yeah like fake the space out to get a feel for you're so right yeah that is a so smart <laughs> i like the whole put things in your way and see i love that yeah, yeah. well you, uh, you
2: know that's why all my shoes are on the floor, guys. I was just planning a new something over there. <laughs>
1: hey, you got to use with your hands.
2: <laughs> well, I, again, I love your Instagram. I think it's so fantastic and oh, so thanks. inspirational and you can see what you're up to. Um, first off, though. How is Drew Barrymore? Because I've loved her my whole
0: life. She
1: is so Don't talk
2: crap about her. No, 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 no. no. She's so
1: (laughs) sweet. Actually, I I love Drew. She is a very genuine, just like straight down to earth type of girl. And I like Drew because she really listens to like our point of view. A lot of times I go on a TV show and you know they're just more interested in just you know blabbing and just you know talking about what's up on the cue cards. She's really vested in the person Uh, Mm -hmm. who are helping out for the makeover. And she wants us to give real solutions. And so uh, that's the thing I really like. because a lot of TV, you know, oftentimes it can just be fake. Oh, make it look pretty. No, she's very solution driven. And that's one of the things that I I love about uh, working with her. She's just like, like off camera, she is the exact same person Mm -hmm. that you see on that TV screen.
2: And how, how much do you love those kind of home renovations?
1: Oh, I love them. and You know, that's a really good question. Um, I get as a TV designer and someone who also does high end design, um, I'm in competing worlds. So, you know, on the television side, I have the clients who don't mind me spray painting something. But then on the high end side, I better not bring a piece of anything that's been spray painted into the space.
2: That's just a great segue into the fact that, again, you're doing high end and low end and um, kind of everything between. And so with that, is there certain things, again, like the whole spray painting thing? What's something that's great to spray paint that, like, gives new life that you'll put into something on a lower budget? Um, Oh,
1: Uh, bookcases like any type of metal finished bookcase like I'm the king of spray painting that anything with a wood surface can always be sanded and, again, not to keep plugging Craigslist, but Craigslist, Facebook, <laughs> you know, Facebook. Craigslist. great. Right, Facebook. I'm still old school. A uh, Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of things that you can totally, like, spray paint or you can, you know, paint yourself. And they're super easy. Even, like, you know, I, I've been toying around now with, like, painting patios and decks with, like, you know, checkerboard uh, pattern. I mean, it's just so many ways that you can have fun with paint, and it makes a big impact pack without having to spend a ton of money. Um, and so that's spray paint. I always go to.
2: (laughs) Yes. I love that. Um, I also had another question because again, I follow you on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You did this, uh, pot on the go where you, you did your plaster pot. I love that. You're excited. Your hands up. (laughs) I love it. I want the step-by-step real quick because I literally saw your video and I had the instinct to forget my job for the day and I needed to go and make plaster looking pots all day. The craft person in me was like, yes, we have to go do this. What is my step by step real quick? Because everybody needs to do this to their pots. It looks so good.
1: Okay. So first, can I tell you what that really was? So what, yes. Yeah. what Taryn is talking about? Um, I did a designer show house called Kipps Bay, which is like all of the fancy designers. <laughs>
2: And you. (laughs) And
1: me, yes. I intentionally do DIYs for shock value just because I know all the editors are going to be like, you diy something? Like, they Mm -hmm. all lose their minds. And I was staying in a hotel and I didn't have a workshop. So first, I diy the pot in the back of my U-Haul van. Let's start with that (laughs) because I'm super crazy. So I wanted a planter that had patina, but I couldn't afford to purchase, you know, like, you know, an $1,000 planter. So what I ended up doing was just getting like a basic white planter. And I believe the one I had was like a, it was like a, it was like a white concrete and I wanted to age in patina. So what I did was I painted it gray and then literally I took uh, some concrete mix, plaster mix, really plasters, it was plaster mix. I tinted it with a little bit Of a darker color paint. And then I got a box of sheet moss and I just crumbled it up a little bit. And then I took my putty knife, and you gotta move quick because that stuff will dry. And I just kept lathering and lathering and lathering until it looked like an old vessel that had been taken from some fancy 16th century house in France, but (laughs) it worked. And I spent like maybe 300 bucks on it.
2: It looks so good. And it's <laughs> such your, it's your impactful
0: again. It's so dramatic in the picture too, um, in the final. So Thank you. yeah, the thing that I loved about it as well was that, cause it, you had a big tree in it and yes. you normally would think of putting that like in the corner, like on the floor, but you had it on a console table. And then it, it covered like this huge expanse of wall. It was just kind of back to that scale question of, you know, something that you would normally think was too big but put a tree on a table i mean it looked fabulous (laughs) thank
1: you again it's playing with scale and having a little bit of whimsy and i think that's the set designing me with me doing neutrals i use a lot of greenery and i think that's another good trick for people who do use neutrals a lot even if you like color like you like greenery you know play a part in whatever design you have and you know for me I'm always going to put it on the tabletop because I like it. I like a little bit of drama, but it just it just gives the space a little bit more life.
2: I think. I mean, you can definitely tell in all your images the green, like again, is like this very poppy factor in a, <laughs> in a good way. Um, I did want to ask though because you had a you recently did a video about like on balconies too and like what you yeah putting plants on balconies. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that and then follow up and finish with I want to plant some pots around okay. my yard that are good for clippings for inside. Cause we've talked okay. so much about like, just bring in clippings from the outside, but yes. I, I also don't feel like I have the right plants to do that. So <laughs> start with the balcony plants and then follow up with that, please.
1: Okay, so what I use, well, first I recently got a new place in Miami. And so the plant that I use is called an autograph plant. And autograph plants, they call them the autograph plant because Literally, you can like write your name on it with your fingernail if you wanted to, and it wouldn't damage the plant. But the leaves are very, very thick, and so I needed something that could withstand a lot of wind. I'll be honest, not a green thumb, so I had to ask around at the nursery, like what would work on my patio. And um, also, I travel a lot, and so for you know, if you're someone can't water a plant mm-hmm. and you know I don't want to be a plant killer. So <laughs> I I needed something that was very low maintenance and so the autograph plant uh a tree is what I ended up using. Fun fact, Taryn, you can actually use uh the smaller autograph plants can be used inside of the house as well. So when we talk about the smaller clippings, that's a plant that you can take and it can grow um, in the house as well. It just needs to be with direct sunlight. That's always a go-to. Now, I'm going to tell you, because I'm, again, not a green thumb, Mikhail's go-to is always going to be a succulent. Succulents are easy. They're friendly. They're not temperamental. They're kind of like the person that you ghost, and then you call back after a couple of months, like, mm, maybe I should have given you another try. Succulents are just like that. You can always go back to them, and they'll accept you. They'll love you. <laughs>
0: so you've done a bunch of show houses what was your what was your experience like doing this latest one the kipps bay in palm beach
1: okay um show house world um scary it's very very scary um you're putting yourself out with the best of the best Uh, kipps bay was uh, i felt like the pinnacle of my career. Uh, you know, for so many years and doing other show houses, which have all been great. um, Kips Bay is kind of like the show house of all show houses. So when I got the call to do the show house, it was actually from a designer named Billy Siglia, uh, based out of, uh, he's in New York slash Connecticut. I was shocked. This is my fifth show house. And every year I would say, oh, I'm going to do that in a few years. And you never think you're ready but you just kind of have to jump into it. Um, but it was one of the best experiences that I've had um, in terms of like the press. I did the Kipps Bay West Palm Beach. It started in New York. Well, in West Palm Beach, they have a very particular West Palm Beach style. You're gonna see fuchsia, you're gonna see lime green, you're gonna see orange, you're gonna see bright colors, and you're gonna see a lot of pattern and I went the polar opposite. (laughs) So I was very nervous because I'm like, the ladies with the twin sets are going to come in here and they're not going to be happy. But (laughs) it ended up playing in my favor because it was a conversation piece. Because I stayed true to myself, but it was so different than everyone else's room. And so Kibbs Bay has been one of the greatest experiences. I mean, every show house. I, I call show houses the gifts they keep giving. I have one client from my very first show house, the Lake Forest Show House in Chicago. This one client has referred me to seven others.
2: <laughs> and that's from a show house awesome. from
1: 2015. And it's still going. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: That's wonderful. Still going. I love how you accessorize your spaces because I do feel like that is a very challenging final, but crucial final step to a room. And I just love sort of how, like, I guess they don't feel cluttered, but it does feel like if you were to take out the accessories you know it, you would lose something so i'm curious what your accessorizing tricks are outside of greenery we already talked about that <laughs>
1: you know what i'm going to be very honest with you i study i study i study the greats i study my Shay mcgee's i study my emily Henderson's and i watch what they do and i i want to know why it works because as an interior designer i don't claim to know everything but i study other people and i'm like okay That stack of books next to a singular object, it worked on that bookcase. And so I study why things work. And so um, for me, one of the things that I love to do in order to make things look super clean is to use books. And so I will wrap books in just like linen fabric. And it doesn't have to be like, again, I'm a neutral guy, like creams, like beige but you could wrap your books in colorful fabric if you like. But what I've really learned is it gives the eye a break because you've just got this solid binding on a book where your eye is not like going all over the place crazy. And so just a simple object on top and then something on the side of it. For me, books really help the eye rest for a second. Another thing that I like to do is to play. You got to play around with it. I don't. I'm not like the Mary Poppins of design. I don't just put it up there the first time and it works. No, I have to play around with it until it feels right. And again, it's about balance. Um, typically, I like to do a cluster and then a solid object. Like if you look at most of my bookcases, you will see. Now I'm telling my secret, but you're going to see a cluster and then a solid and then i reverse it on the next shelf and then i reverse it again and you'll if you look at my work you'll see that's really what the pattern is it's just a solid object and a cluster next and then reverse it and that's honestly my style trick
0: where do you because i okay you posted something recently about like wooden vessels and they Mm -hmm. were all so beautiful what are where are your go-to's for some of these things like believe it or
1: not i'm a big swap meet like type of person like you can't go to a fancy antique shop you got to get out there and get dirty so um a lot of my wooden vessels have come from literally like me haggling like they're like oh this will be 30 dollars i'm like "Mm, only 15 and you know i'll take it so it, a lot of it is me, like, really scouring. And I learned that art, again, from Emily Henderson. Like, she would go around the Pasadena, flea, and, you know, just like, oh, let me tell you this rule. So here's the rule. This is a good one. I learned I this love from em- rule. Okay. I love this. Oh, my gosh. I had to remind me and Emily Henderson had a conversation Last summer, we were t- she forgot her own rule. So <laughs> the rule that <laughs> she came up with was when we walk through a thrift store, antique shop, look at it, just go one time around once. And then if you go back a second time and you really want it, that's when you get it. You never get it that first time. She said, give it a go around once. Then go back again. Now her new rule is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So, um, but I like that <laughs> I one like
0: too. that one too. I like yes. that one that's too. Awesome.
1: They're both good rules to follow, but honestly, it's you gotta love it. And that's another thing. Like when I pick pieces, I don't pick things that I'm like on the fence about. I need to love it. And so I do give a thrift. You know, now you gotta be quick with your walk around because sometimes I was gonna, yeah, it. Yeah, it. it might not be there on, on the body back. But also, but I've had a lot of impulse decisions where it's like, oh my gosh, I just have to get it because I feel like that lady's gonna get it if I don't. And then I'm like, what am I gonna do with this? Mm-hmm. And I hate that feeling. And so I, I give it a once. And think about it. And also, it's good for bartering or when you're um, when you're trying. So, you don't want to look thirsty because they can smell it and they know yeah. if you yeah. really want it. But if you come back the second time and you're just mm-hmm. kind of pondering, they're like,
0: mm-hmm. The Let me Rose talk Bowl flea market yeah. a little bit later in the day, there
1: they want go. to get rid of it. Exactly. Yep.
2: I do like a Scott's Market on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they know that it's closing. You're like, there go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they do. They know it. <laughs>
2: I mean, we could keep going. Anymore, this, any more? Any questions? Before yeah, we answer, you know, like how many things are you involved in right now? How are you staying Ooh. awake? I have things like that, but I know we also
1: <laughs> how am <laughs> I staying awake? I don't know. I just drink lots of coffee. Um, <laughs> I mean, right now, my biggest things that I have going on that I can talk about, well. Of course, uh, the Drew Barrymore show uh, premieres on um, Monday, the 13th. Very excited about that. And uh, my show, Murder House Flip, which is on the Roku channel. And I'll say the name again because you're probably like, what did you uh, Oh, no. Yes, I looked into it's that. It's called one. Murder House Flip. <laughs> we're gearing up for season two the episode uh all stream on the roku channel and literally it's myself and my co-host joelle making over homes that let's just say have a dark past mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, i so, love that
2: it's like mm-hmm. on now too and in, in this spooky season that's yes. coming
1: up <laughs> yes oh my gosh i i can't say what houses we have for the season two but i just had a meeting last week about two of the houses And I'm like, don't even tell me anymore. Like, there's some really big, iconic houses where you know them. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't even know if I can walk in this house because I... Oh, my gosh. Is there like Yeah. Like, I'm okay. Like, if... If the person who committed the crime is deceased, it makes me feel better. But if they're still in prison, like they might get a hold of this episode and come back after me at the end. I'm still not.
2: That's what I was wondering. I would be so freaked out. I'm like a no go on ghost. And so I would be like, nope, sorry, can't do this house. <laughs> well, I,
1: I am freaked out. I mean, I just have to remember okay, you're getting paid to do this, like be a professional. <laughs> but the hardest part is not even the show, it's uh-huh. when you go back to your hotel room at night that's the hardest part. oh my gosh because you have to go back by yourself to your hotel room and we're on set for five days that's a long time to be in your hotel room oh my gosh! <laughs> i would by keep yourself. a
0: hip hip flask of holy water mm-hmm. i would use a baseball right. bat yes right yes by the bed yes <laughs> yeah okay well i think okay. it's time to do a decorating dilemma We have a listener named Melissa and she needs help with her nursery. So, yes. And she has plenty of pictures
2: and swatches. So hopefully you can give her the yes, no quick. Yes.
1: Yes. I'm ready. I'm okay.
2: Ready. And you have it pulled up. <laughs> yes. I'm it? looking okay. at Perfect. it right now.
1: i got all four pictures. On
2: all right. I'm going to read it real quick, which is yep. not so quick because it's a little long. But then no you just make it. You help her out. Okay. Yep. Hi, lovely ladies. And gentlemen, of how to decorate. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast for years and I'm obsessed. I've learned so much from you all and your guests and it's the highlight of my week. I'm fairly confident in my decorating skills. I attended art school for, from third grade through high school and studied art history for my undergrad. I'm a librarian now, but decorating is my hobby. That being said, you wouldn't know it from how my house looks. I'm from Virginia, but live in San Diego. I have such a hard time with Southern California architecture and style. My husband and I just bought our first house this past July after running an 800-square-foot duplex. Now we live in a three-bedroom, three-bathroom, two-story house in the suburbs. I love the location and the fact that we, are, we back up to a canyon so we can't see any neighbors from our backyard. The house was built in 1980 and everything is original. There was only one owner before us and everything was well taken care of. Right now everything is dated but not needing to be urgently replaced. We are in the process of splitting our large upstairs hall bath. We are moving the laundry room from the garage to the new laundry room upstairs. The hall bath will be smaller, but I'm happy to have an upstairs laundry. That design is complete, and we are just waiting on the cabinets to be manufactured before the install begins. The laundry and bath ended up being what I call bachelor pad chic, because I compromised and let my husband do a lot of choosing. I'm picking my battles wisely. She's smart. If she had it, if he had it his way our entire house would be various shades of gray tile that can light with with can lighting everywhere i'm looking to decorate the nursery next and that is where i come for your advice i'm having trouble arranging the furniture things are looking awkward i can't seem to balance the room visually the window is throwing me off because it is on the very side of one of the walls it is on the very side does that make sense Mm. Yeah, it's
1: literally, Uh, I'm looking at it, it's literally on one side of the wall.
2: (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm not terribly attached to any of the furniture except for the crib and the footstool, which was a gift. The crib skirt needs to be hemmed or replaced. I bought it on clearance and it always seems to move itself and look sloppy the glider is not our original one but we purchased for the nursery this one i got on auction for fifty dollars so she must like the craigslist too um (laughs) we were keeping our good glider in the living room while our son was an infant and now we're attached to having it there the theme of the nursery will be beatrix potter our son is already 14 months old and i like to have some time with the nursery theme before he grows out of it i'm planning to buy a mural for one of the walls and possibly split it into three panels with a faux frame made of molding I may mount the mural to something and hang it on the wall with three vertical panels I attached an image of a sample of the mural with some paint chips I'm looking at for color matching eventually I'll be getting crown molding installed but probably happen a later date I'm going to wait to redecorate until after I install the molding but I'm getting antsy blinds can be replaced she's three medium-sized paintings of Peter Rabbit and other Beatrice Potter characters I painted while I was pregnant I have not framed yet the only other thing that definitely going in the room is a quick rack with a shelf. My aunt soda quilt for a baby that I would like to hang. I'd love y'all's input on arranging furniture, paint color, and overall, any advice for the room? Melissa, whew, did it.
1: Whoo, Melissa. Okay, so um, I think first, Melissa has a lot of ideas. And I think what she's kind of got to do is take this, like, Pinterest board of wonderfulness and kind of narrow it down to the things that are going to work. So first, let's so let's talk about the room, right? We've got the 80s style, you know, home, fine, we can work with that. I think the biggest thing that I would want to do is to start with the focal point. You know, as a set designer, I'm always going to start with that big key element. For her, it's going to be that wallpaper. The wallpaper is beautiful. I think the wallpaper should be the backdrop for the crib. That's the wall that I would use like as my focal point. Now, she has some really beautiful kind of, um, it's like a, it's it's a beautiful kind of like smoky green um, that almost lends itself to go towards the gray side as well. I could totally see that going on the rest of the walls And it complements the crib. Now, this is the thing I would want to see. Right now, she's got a lot of um, yellows and browns in the space. I would honestly prefer that we do this trim white. I think white would make it bright. It would make it airy. Doesn't have to be stark white. I think we can find a soft white that has a little bit of cream in it to help balance things off. So now we've got the crib on our wall, we've got the walls painted, we're possibly going to do the crown molding like she said later, and I also want her to paint that ceiling that same kind of light white bright color. Now, that awkward window, you kind of have two choices with this, so these are the two ways I would go with this thing. Now, in New York, we have a lot of situations where you have a window that butts up. To basically, you can see in your neighbor's house because it's so close. So, one of the tricks that we would do when I did uh, stagings is we would literally take a, the drapery and we would almost go wall to wall to give the illusion that this is a big, larger window. That's one option. But option two, I like a little bit better. I think we embrace it. What I would prefer that you do is to have a singular rod that goes as close as you can go to the ceiling. Go ahead and do some pinch pleat drapes. that can be a solid color. Um, you know, I'm open with the color. Um, I would probably go white personally, just because we need to soften it up a little bit. And then I would do like a little bamboo shade or like a roller shade, or that can go right behind it to kind of give you that layered effect. And it doesn't have to be ro- um, roller; it can also be corded. But I think it would give you a nice clean look over there. Now, in terms of the furniture, I think for functionality. I do not mind the way we have the dresser directly across from the crib. I think it makes sense. Now, what I would like to see with that dresser is maybe that dresser being sanded, spray painted or hand painted so that it matches that same color as the Kriya. Now with the hardware, maybe we swap out that hardware, we head over to Rejuvenation or, you know, some other store and get some really nice handles that are a little more modern. Or or you could keep the handles that you have. They look like they might be a matte black or like a really uh, rich kind of like iron. We could keep those as well. And then she talked about having three pieces of artwork that she's created. I would go ahead and I think that those pieces can go on that larger wall and let those be your big impact pieces that kind of pick up on the wallpaper that's across the way. The other thing that I really want her to do is to invest in a new chair. Everything else that we've talked about, we really haven't like had to go out and purchase much, but I do think if you were to go to Ballard and we we find a nicer sitting chair, I think you know something in a soft gray would be really nice. And I'm also thrown off because it's very dark in this space. And so I wanna see a little bit um, more lighting. I'm not certain if, judging by this room, I, I doubt that you have any type of overhead light. And so, uh, what I'm gonna recommend that you do is maybe if even if it's on the sides of the crib, if we were to have like, or not even on the sides of the crib, we could do it. Yes, yeah, so on the sides of the crib, I would love to see some type of wall sconces. They can even be plugged in. And then we could, you know, have that piece that she talked about, the family member's piece, the, the, the shelf, the wall shelf. You know, you could do something on the side. And then maybe the right-hand side of the uh, crib, we do, you know, the kids' toys. But I think we can make it work. Actually, I think I just planned out your whole room for you.
0: Yeah, I feel like she, she's worried about the room feeling awkward, like the layout. But it's... I don't know. I feel like I agree with you. It's it's not that the layouts, the problem is that you haven't designed it. So it exactly. feels awkward because it's all just sort of dumped in here. Once she kind of does some of the things that she's been talking about, I feel like she won't be bothered by the layout.
1: I agree because it's really the layout is not necessarily the problem per se. It's, I really think it's that wall color. It's the mm-hmm. uh, trim and she's not going to want to hear this, but that carpet girlfriend that carpet <laughs> has got to go it's got it, it's it's got to it just become. seems
2: to be dark yeah it like feels dark
1: and, and not to me and it looks like the carpet goes throughout so what she could do is literally have the carpet like she it going to be cut and we could literally just rip out the portion in the nursery only so we're not taking on this massive project and let's see what's up under there hopefully the floor is beautiful if not i think we can find a different carpet. Um that's a little more modern and not so 80s and I think it will work just fine. Because she's she's got the bones, mm-hmm. you know. Now she's just got to lay everything out.
0: Okay, my only my only contribution is <laughs> I feel like everything that you've said is is perfect and spot on. But okay, she has this pretty little antique like white piece of furniture that sort of has two drawers at the bottom and a door with a mirror on the top and it's really oh, sweet. Yeah. But okay yeah. it's like shoved into a corner so I feel like she needs to just pull it out from the corner a little bit Yeah, style it up like put some baskets next to it or something yeah. maybe like something on top that's Ooh, a little just bit more bunny, decorative. Bunny Williams stacking baskets we have with the scallops. Mm-hmm. Yeah or inserts. even pull it away from the, the mm-hmm. table and put a floor lamp there and
1: I, think I I agree with you. And if she did like a cluster of like kids stuffed toys, like in a basket next to that, I think it could totally work.
0: It's like in a timeout or something. So yeah. <laughs> take it at a timeout. Yes. She's it's it's gonna be pretty, but also yeah. Melissa, why'd you wait till your son's fourteen months old? Just go for it. I know, know, I'm so sad for you. You're
1: COVID, (laughs) you know, things. Yeah, it's true, true. it's true. But Melissa. Did you say
2: something about moving in July? Was it past July? No, it was this past July. Okay. Yeah. So she just moved in and now I I say that because I'm in this, I'm in the same zone. My son's seven months old and shoved into a guest room and like barely decorated. But
0: I got grand plans
2: when we move from this house.
0: (laughs) No, I just think about like those early days of, of like when, when it's so hard and I feel like the... The only consolation is you're like, the at cute least, room. <laughs> at least my room is cute and I have to spend my time here. I'm okay with it because, nope. you know. You know what else <laughs> so. I
1: would say with that? I think Melissa's in a good place because from what I've seen from my friends, they decorate these beautiful rooms and my clients. And then the baby doesn't even sleep in the room, so the yes. only reason they go in there is to take Instagram photos for like the first <laughs> couple of months. That's so why it gets to look
2: pristine. That's when, That's why you take the photos then. <laughs> now the 14 month old will be crawling
0: around wrecking the thing. So
2: there you go.
0: Yes, yeah, true. Okay, well, Melissa, best of luck. Please send us after yes. photos. Yes. Yes. Thank we you so, so much for listening. It. Yeah. All right, Mikkel, can you tell everyone where to find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff?
1: Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Mikkel Welch. And it's M-I-K-E-L-W-E-L-C-H, like the juice, but no affiliation. Um, And, of course, uh, my website where you can see all of my work is just MikkelWelch.com. And, hey, catch me on Drew Barrymore on Murder House Flip on Roku.
2: Mm-hmm. And on Craigslist, if you
1: look. Like. <laughs> yes, if you look hard enough. Uh, if you look hard
2: enough, he'll be he'll be purchasing something from you soon. There
1: you go. <laughs> oh,
2: thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to meet you.
1: You all as yeah. well. Thank you. When when I'm in Atlanta, we'll all have to get together and go to like the Kimball House or more uh, yes.
2: drinks yes. yes Yes.
1: Well, I love that place we'll have to do it yes, yes we would love it That'd be
0: so fun <laughs> and that's our show you can find all of the show notes on our blog howtodecorate.com slash podcast to
2: send in a decorating dilemma email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net
0: so we can help you with your space and of course be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review we'd love to hear your feedback Until next time, happy (laughs) decorating!